Welcome to the Midcast, presented by the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each month we will look at some of the key issues for mission in Scotland today. We'll bring you experienced voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the mission of the church in Scotland. Welcome to the Midcast, I'm Glenn Innes. Thank you so much for taking the time to download this week's episode. We are doing a series throughout this uh, crisis uh, that we find ourselves in as a nation, where we're going to get different speakers on each week to just share a bit of their story, of where they're at, of some of the things they're learning as they go through this. And hopefully it will be a resource and an encouragement to us throughout this time. I'm delighted to say that today we have Martin Hodson, the General Director of the Baptist Union of Scotland with us. Thank you for coming on, Martin. Uh, real pleasure to join you again, again Glenn. It's great. Uh, yeah, that's right. You're a returning guest, aren't you? We've had you on before. You're in a small but exclusive club for that. <laughs> um, Martin, uh, I was just wondering if you could talk to us a little bit uh, today about your sense of what we might be doing or what we need to be doing as a family of churches uh, at the moment. Yeah, sure. I guess you can't start talking about this still without using some overworked adjectives and saying these are strange times, these are extraordinary times, these Absolutely. are unprecedented times. Um, it's it, it, Everything's got to be framed with that, really. I was actually listening to um, uh, the scriptures this morning in, in Joshua 3, where... Uh, you know, God says, I'll, I'll lead you in ways you have not known. And that rings very true for these times. This is this is a new space for us as the church, at least new for our generation. I think we might say that some of our forebears have been through times of plague and great social upheaval of different kinds. The three things that have really been impressed on my mind as I've prayed and reflected about this, and I've spoken about these in one or two places, uh, in the last couple of weeks, are that we need to step up to servanthood, we need to press into prayer, and we need to incline to innovation. And the stepping up to servanthood does seem to be the primary thing. Jesus is kind of command, the great commands are to live God and to live our neighbour. And uh, whatever else we might think God's doing, however much we might think this is a chance to reassess the mechanics of church and the uh, the way we gather and lots of things around that. The primary thing is that there are a lot of people in need and our response is primarily, if we're Christ-like, a response um, of love to Jesus who loves us with an undeserved and everlasting love. And we'll only truly be ourselves, I think, if we can step up to servanthood. Of course, that's um, lots of lots of ways that's happening, um, mainly through individual contacts, supporting people in isolation, supporting people who are lonely, and increasingly, I guess, supporting people who are exhibiting symptoms and their families and um, and and that kind of thing, which is which is just a critical contribution. One of the things that really strikes me, though, is there's been quite a bit of talk about Christians in previous times of plague and how the Christians were the people who, you know, went to the plague-ridden villages uh, to preach the good news and potentially, and in fact, probably to lay down their lives by uh, catching the plague themselves. 
and I, I, you know there's a great sense that somehow we ought to occupy that space but it's very interesting that it seems in our present world it's particularly the healthcare professionals who are occupying that space these are the people who are going into the danger uh, you know putting their own lives in danger in order to care for others and actually to be a good citizen to be a good member of the community the uh, the requirement of most of us is to remain in isolation so we can't simply learn from the kind of previous experience of plagues and say well that that's easily transferable to where we are now yeah that's really helpful that's really good can i can i say a little bit about pressing into prayer i think that's that would be a good thing. idea yeah <laughs> well i i think it's true that we pray more when we feel not in control the less in control we feel the more we instinctively turn to god in prayer and i think one of the really interesting things that has is happening now is that we are realizing how little we control things or how one incident can turn everything upside down and it raises big questions about how our faith is constructed is our faith basically constructed on the principle that we are in control more or less all the time and don't need to rely on god for very much and then something untoward happens and we reach out in prayer. I, I guess there's an inevitability about that in some ways, but I think that I'm longing for myself and for our churches to have a kind of yield, yieldedness to God the, 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 where, where we know that everyday dependence on God is vital and we don't need to wait for the crisis. And I suppose that makes me think as well about what is central to our spirituality we generally in our churches live i think as though sunday worship is central to our spirituality that is the big resource that is the thing that builds our faith that is the sustaining thing for us the the sunday gathering the primary sustaining thing and i suppose i could illustrate how important that is simply by saying in the churches that I've been part of for the last decades including the ones that I've led you get checked up on if you don't turn up for Sunday worship I don't think anyone's ever checked up on me really to see if I was loving my enemies or indeed to see if I was praying regularly but I've been checked up on and I've led a culture of checking up if people don't show up on Sunday which yeah. kind of says this is the heart of our spirituality and actually yeah. I think the pressing into prayer in these days is partly uh, that God, God is urging us to rediscover or to discover or to construct rhythms in our lives that define our spirituality primarily as people who pray, who pray daily, maybe who pray routinely at different times in the day, who soak our days in prayer rather than hold on for the, um, for the big input once a week on Sunday, in which sometimes we are quite reliant on other people, uh, rather than carrying that sense of being a, a priesthood of believers who encounter God's spirit in our own uh, daily experience. That, that's brilliant. Uh, and it, it seems to me that leads nicely into your third one, because I, I, it seems that I know many churches are innovating in the way that they're gathering people for prayer and, and that, that there has been that. And so 
inclining to innovation. What, what, what do you mean by that? Well, I, first of all, I think that our ability to change, to innovate, has turned out to be much bigger than we imagined. We've been telling ourselves stories that churches are really, you know, find it really difficult to change, and churches that have agonized over changing the start time of the service by 15 minutes, or have been struggling over whether to set the chairs out differently on a Sunday. Uh, slight exaggerations there, but they're the kind of things. You know, we imagine we're not good at changing, yeah. and then it turns out that actually, we're brilliant at it. We just have to have circumstances forced upon us, yeah. and we can configure ourselves with, you know, with some joy and um, some shock, and also with some really rapid new learning to meet the circumstances. So I think, in one sense, we perhaps ought to laugh at ourselves a little bit and say, "Why have we been telling ourselves we're not good at change when we are really good at it?" But I think our first instinct has been. Um, with regard to Sunday gatherings, to replicate our normal Sunday service in a live stream or, or video version. And that's, I guess that's emergency existence. I guess that, that's the first stage of dealing with a crisis. Uh, and that's fine. We, we, we need to find a way of, of, of continuation. And that's the emergency existence phase. Yep. But I think we will miss out if we don't let that grow into a kind of reflective renewal or a kind of informed innovation where we say, <clears throat> what actually is God teaching us about the future of the church? If this isn't just a hiatus before we go back to things as they always were, if God is using this, if God is at work in all things for the, you know, for the good of those who love him, then I think there are probably really big questions that we can ask whilst things are reconfigured. Mm. And perhaps the biggest of them is why do we gather on Sunday? Uh, I'm not really asking that question to imply that we shouldn't gather on Sunday, but why do we do that? Yeah. What is the theology behind it? What is the biblical objective? And what does God want to achieve through our gatherings because I think really for most of our churches we you know Sunday worship is a kind of juggernaut that just runs on and on and it takes a huge amount of our resource which <clears throat> is not necessarily a bad thing but we need to be aware of that it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of energy it becomes a very strong focus it, actually Sunday worship for most churches is the defining characteristic people describe what kind of church they are by a description of their Sunday gathering and so I think the fundamental question is, why do we gather on Sunday? Mm. What is it that God wants us to achieve? And instinctively, if we ask that question, we, or I think I'm going to say this about me, but I think it's true of many of us, we basically justify the status quo. We say, well, yeah, well, you know, God wants us to, uh, to meet together in a large group and God wants us to sing songs to his praise and God wants um, as to pray together and God wants someone to preach the scriptures to us and he, he wants a response and he wants us to spend time in fellowship over tea and coffee afterwards and you know I, I, yeah we I, answer I'm not, the question I, for ourselves yeah that's right yeah we, we kind of justify the status quo well things are different I think it just gives us a space to ask kind of differently and that might be then to say if how, how might we rank those different things it's interesting that most of the online services I, I've seen 
And after visiting, after taking part in online worship with our own church, Perth Baptist Church on a Sunday, I have been grazing around a few other live streams and videos. And the majority of them seem to be quite a bit shorter than normal Sunday worship would be. Now, I'm not saying per se that shorter services uh, are, are what we need, but interesting that it seems that something really good can happen in less time. Um, yeah. So how do we best organize, organize ourselves to pursue the outcomes that God wants? How do we meet? What do we do? What, the, the weighting of different aspects of what we do um, is the fact that we feel deeply starved of fellowship at the present time because um, the experience of fellowship, of being together as God's people, of our lives touching other lives, is more important than the performative dimensions of worship, perhaps. So, yeah, I think the current hiatus is just a chance for us to really ask some big questions and see what the next innovation is beyond the present time. I think that'll be helpful for leadership teams to begin to have that conversation over the course of the next few months before they actually have have to make that call and we end up back where we are uh, and we end up with the, the status quo going back to exactly what it was and we never take the time to reflect. But we will have to do that relatively soon. Um, so I think that's a great encouragement for people just to begin to think about that as a leadership. What, what is it that we're learning in these moments? What are the things that are deeply significant? How do we invest in those things? Uh, and how will that change how we gather? And presumably beyond just how we gather, how we do mission and the kinds of things we engage in our local communities with. I think that's that's critical in this. I'm really got. Go Got, got onto that in what I'm saying, but in terms of innovation, it's, it's, it's way beyond how we innovate our gatherings. It is how we scatter. I mean, there's a sense in which we're scattered at the moment and are, are grasping for that, that experience of being gathered that matters to us so much. And so all the talk of live stream and video and all our new ways of uh, meeting up matter to us a great deal. It matters to me a great deal. But there's that bigger question of, what what being scattered looks like and feels like and actually who is you know who who is doing good in our society because we i think we can have a simplistic view of mission that says oh we need to go out and serve people because this is such a bad world if if covid-19 is showing us one thing it is about the sheer amount of goodness and goodwill that exists in society. And there's no way that we can pretend we have um, a, a monopoly on that. And in fact, I was thinking, you know, in Matthew 5, is it about 46, Jesus says, you know, if we love those who love us, what are we doing that the tax collectors aren't doing? Or what are we doing that the pagans aren't doing? Actually, it, this surely is reminding us that the serving ministry to step up to servanthood isn't isn't only to join in with the general goodwill of community although it certainly is that but it's actually to be pushing further and saying and where are the excluded and where are the forgotten and where are the dangerous places to be and where are the people I would rather not give my love and time and energy to because the likelihood is that as God pours out his love in my heart by the Spirit, he's given me, he's going to be leading me to 
to engage with uh, with with those people. And so, <clears throat> I think there's a big question about a radical kind of mission that doesn't just say, "Oh yeah, doing some good things is uh, is the business," but actually doing costly good things witnesses to the costly way of Jesus. We see uh, in in our nation, we've always somewhat valued those who work in our healthcare system and, and things like that, but but probably not that much. Everybody moans about having to wait for an appointment or how long it takes to get this, that, and the other. And then, and then now, because these people have shown themselves to be willing to work in this position of real vulnerability and risk and with those who are... Uh, in real danger, suddenly our community has a very different approach to them, that we're willing to stand and be very non-British and clap outside our front doors and things like that. That actually there's a, there's a shift. I do wonder if there's a parallel there that as a church, if we want the our world to pay attention to us, we need to show up in the places where other people are not. I'm not suggesting for a minute anyone's ever going to stand on the doorstep and applaud for us on a <laughs> Thursday evening, but I do wonder if being seen to be in those places that are dangerous and of of the least and the most marginalised has has a profound impact far beyond just what we would do in those spaces itself. And alongside that, I think what we learn from the healthcare professionals is that they are doing what they promised to do. The doctors took a Hippocratic oath. There's a whole culture of the health service that says we are here to serve people and to make sick people well. And, you know, we offer care at the point of need. And the, it's partly, it's not only the sheer goodness and sacrifice of that, but it's also the consistency. That's what we thought they did. And now the, you know, the pressure's on and that's exactly what they're doing. Now, we need to be a church, you know, if, if you know, if, 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 if doctors can be applauded for kind of keeping the Hippocratic oath, we, we need to be kind of people who, yeah, who, who, are, who are known for keeping the baptismal promise uh, that Jesus is Lord in, in all circumstances and the, you know, the, the, the generous overflow of living that comes from that. Martin, thank you so much for that. I wonder if we could maybe just round up this podcast. I, I know the Baptist Union have been doing a lot to resource and support our churches in all sorts of different areas. Um, and providing information. But I wonder if there's maybe just a few things you'd like to point out that might be helpful for people to hear. Uh, and we'll obviously put some links in the show notes to um, the Baptist Union website and some resources that are there. The most important thing that has happened, I think, is that we've begun to gather for prayer every Sunday at 7pm. And we did that as a one-off a couple of weeks ago and 700 or so people joined us live and then about another 3,000 people um, had some connection with that um, after, afterwards. And uh, we met again last week and um, not quite the same numbers, but a very hundreds of people, four or 500 people wow. joined in. And it just feels like there is a, there is a there is a movement of prayer that God is kind of calling us to at this point. And it's really important that we do that together in as much as we're a kind of network of churches. It's great that we can, um, we can share that way. And it can be something that's not only centrally led, but because of technology, we can visit different places in the country and lots of people can share in the praying. So I think that's, that's a really important thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that will grow and that will build up. It's interesting in Scotland, there seems to be, we, we seem to be in a particular space that I, I talked 
to the leaders of the other historic denominations and uh, some of the other networks. And, and we are fairly unique in having kind of committed to a, a prayer gathering of this kind, of, uh, which is also of, of this scope. And I feel that's an important thing that we're doing. Um, our Baptist Union is also um, providing, we just call them updates, but information for churches on some of the practical and legal uh, challenges that there are as we uh, change the way we act at the present time. And there's quite a few updates on the website, uh, on the Baptist Union website about that. So that's quite key. And we're also really trying to maintain our support to churches and particularly ministers at this time. So the, uh, the continuing ministry development program is uh is being done by live stream now and so we're able to keep just about all our all our workshops going that way and also we've started a, a, a thursday lunchtime ministers kind of open conversation uh well slightly guided conversation but just a meeting point for ministers once a week uh on zoom just for an hour on the thursday lunchtime which again is a space we're concerned about people who might be isolated people who might you know, many of us think just want to talk about some of the urgent issues with a biblical perspective and indeed talk more widely about um, issues of, of, of Christian leadership at this time. So, so we're particularly working in, in those three areas at the moment, as well as just answering lots of que you know, questions from churches and trying to systematically work our way, our way around uh, connecting one-to-one -one with folk in the churches across the country. That's great, Martin. Thank you so much for that. Um, it's really helpful to have you here, really helpful to hear all of that. And I, th I think actually quite inspiring in the midst of a, a time of, as we said, strange times, unprecedented times, we're running out of adjectives. But in the midst of these times, we really appreciate your leadership, actually, and, and the, the, the uh, framework you've given us for leaning into this as, as a family of churches together, I think has been really helpful. So thank you for that. And thank you for your time today. Um, the Midcast is going to keep doing weekly podcasts over the next little while. If there's somebody that you'd like to hear from, then drop us a line and let us know that you'd like to hear from that person and we'll see what we can do. If uh, there's a specific topic that you'd like us to address that would be helpful for you, then again, drop us a line. You can get us on Twitter at BUS Midcast or you can get us through the Baptist Union website, which is www.scottishbaptist.com. And we would absolutely love to hear from you. This has been the Midcast. I'm Glenn Innes. We are out. You've been listening to the Midcast, a presentation of the Mission Initiative Group of the Baptist Union of Scotland.